All right, welcome, welcome in to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. It is episode number 88. I can't believe I'm saying that. 88 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We start off today with reports from around the realm. Max has a semi-trade. We butt heads on it for a little bit. It's not a real trade because he never really offered it. He was too nervous to offer it, but you'll have to listen to hear what it was. And then we round out the day. With rookie rankings, we're going to be ranking the wide receivers and tight ends. We're going to do 12 wide receivers and four tight ends from this draft class. None of this would be possible without you, the listener, but also without underdog fantasy. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100, up to $100 in deposit match bonus cash. Again, wanted to thank Underdog Fantasy for being the presenting sponsor Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 88 of the dynasty monarchy podcast it is wednesday may 10th whoever you may be however you may be listening apple podcast spotify welcome welcome in the guys are back for another week max and super producer holding it down in the land i'm hanging out in the city of brotherly love with the philadelphia second rounders looking like they're going to move on they're about to win game five pivotal game five Max, any comment on the beloved city of Philadelphia? Hey, man, I think with uh, with how the Sixers and the Eagles and the Philadelphia soccer team and the Phillies, that they all make it to the championship and they all lose. So I think it's just another year, and it's going to be one of those, Peter. That would be very fitting, wouldn't it? The ultimate Philly pain parlay. Can you imagine what the odds would be to make the finals for all of them? Uh, that would have been interesting to see. Before we get into the episode today, wanted to talk to Super Producer Nick C and Max. Schedule release coming out on Thursday, the 11th. Who are you most anticipated to see play week one? Who's like the number one team? You're like, this has to be a primetime game. I want to see them play. I'm looking forward to the Jets, not going to lie. Um, I'm looking forward to the Broncos with Sean Payton. Um, but honestly, I think I'm most looking forward to the Thanksgiving games. Obviously, obviously we know Dallas and Detroit play, but who it's going to be against, I think those will be fun. Jets, Bills, that's what I'm hearing. That Sunday night. That would be sick. Super producer. Yeah, I think week one, I'm definitely biased in this take, but I just want to see the Brownies play week one. You know, you miss them? I'm a simple man. Yes, I miss the pain. But (laughs) I miss the pain. I would say maybe the – the runner up to that might go to the Jaguars. I feel like they're going to have a fun team this year. I I like the Jaguars this year. I think they're going to be cool. What I really want to see, believe it or not, I love Herbert. I love Justin Herbert. Even though I'm not a big fan of his wide receivers, I want to see what that offense looks like with Kellen Moore at the helm. I think that's going to be super interesting. And I want to see how the Eagles look. You know, sometimes those those teams that go and lose the Super Bowl, even though they're super talented the next year still, they bring back basically everyone. Sometimes they just fall asleep at the wheel. So I'd, I'd love to see how they look in week one. And obviously my Jets. That uh, Hearing rumblings, Monday Night Football, 9-11 anniversary, Jets, Giants. That would be pretty good. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing rumblings in the uh, the greater Jets Twitter universe. So we'll see if it becomes true. Rodgers opens up on a Monday night. Another historic quarterback for the New York Jets made their debut on a Monday night. Started off his career with a pick six, Sam Darnold. We were Monday there. night against awesome. Detroit, me and Max. One of the yeah. first times we ever hung out. 2018, back in the day. Yeah, that was epic. All right. Enough nostalgia for now. Let's get into the episode. All right, just starting off with reports. We only have a couple. We're going to breeze past them. Kadarius Tony is the number one, number one in Kansas City, according to a rumor. They see him as having number one wide receiver potential. Gentlemen, are you investing in Kadarius Tony this offseason? We know he's kind of a known commodity in the league. 
We've never seen him have that lion's share of targets. What do you guys think? He's a unique guy, man. He's kind of one of those gadget guys. He's very shifty, very can do a lot of things. I mean, we saw the punt return, obviously, in the Super Bowl when they came back and beat the Eagles, who are trash. Um, Just had to throw a dig in there? Yeah, had to, man. But I don't know. I think it's just it's crazy. Like you, We talk about windows. Like You could have bought Kadarius Tony on the Giants for, like I think, Jace bought him for a second. And if he really does become the number one on Kansas City, like, and puts up a wide receiver fifth top fifteen finish at still his young age, the guy will be worth first and a half, two firsts. I feel like after the season, so I'm buying it just because of his shiftiness. But we all know the number one in the offense is Kelsey. This is probably the most interesting wide receiver room in the NFL. I feel like it was kind of this way last year. Everybody bought into Sky Moore. We get another guy that we'll talk about here uh, that they just drafted this year. It doesn't hurt, man. I, I think there's probably people that are still not bought in on Tony uh, and they might have them on their roster. And if you could get them for a couple seconds, I mean, I'm willing to take that shot all day because the return on investment could be insane if, if he does hit. That's why everybody's so infatuated whenever Kansas City drafts a wide receiver, you know, just because of that upside with Mahomes. Ravi Patty, they won the Super Bowl last year without a true number one wide receiver, which is beyond belief. If you want to just talk about the talent of Mahomes, do you think that they can actually elevate someone that hasn't been a true number one wide receiver to become that elite level Tyreek Hill-esque player that they once had? I don't know. Everyone always wants to compare people to Tyreek Hill. I feel like he's literally a once in a lifetime, not really, but he's a very generational player, just his speed, his size, his quickness in order for like a receiver to really be the guy in Kansas city, they're going to have to be big. You're just not going to find another small Tyree kill. That's like shifty. They try to sky more. They'll try with Tony. Let's keep moving forward. Lighter, lighter topic here. Chiga Quanquo. I believe that's how you pronounce his name says he's going to definitely be holding down the tight end one spot in Tennessee. I'm not, we're not going to talk about Chig as much here, but let's talk about this Tennessee, um, legion of offensive weapons outside of Derrick Henry. There's really still no one there. You could say Phelan Burks. He doesn't have a lot of tape currently. I think he's good. I don't think he's that next level generational talent. Good. What are you guys thinking about the weapons in Tennessee moving forward this season? Are you willing to invest in any of them? Chig is interesting. Like he obviously had a big second half. But it's like, who's their quarterback? Tannehill, Will Levis, or Malik Willis? Malik Willis is going to get dealt, I believe, or released. Like, okay, so Will Levis or Tannehill? Not high on Will Levis. I'm definitely not high on Tannehill. I I guess what we could say is, like, if they just do really bad and they could get May or Williams, I don't know. I'm not going to bank on that. We'll just say what it is now. No, I'm not investing in any of these weapons. Super producer. I'd be investing in Traylon Burks. I feel like he's a really good buy because he's still the alpha in that offense for the passing game, uh, whatever that does look like. And Second year bump. I think the big thing, too, we really didn't get to see him a ton because he was injured. like He was in and out of the lineup uh, this past year but did produce in spots, and they really didn't draft any offensive weapons uh, that would contest for any targets. So – they obviously believe in Burks and they're going to be rolling with him as wide receiver one. He could be at a great value, especially if he pops off this year. I think his value could go pretty high, honestly. I think I'm a TBD. I'm going to wait for camp news. I'm going to wait for camp news to see what's going on before I invest in Traylon. I do think that he's, he's talented. I do, but I'd like to temper my expectations on anyone in that offense, even Derrick Henry, which I am an owner of. So temper your expectations on everyone in Tennessee. Let's keep moving forward. Max has a trade. Mr. Max, let's hear it. It was the hypothetical trade, Peter. I don't know if I could offer it to you. I wanted to get your thoughts on what was the hypothetical trade? 103 for DJ Moore, Derrick Henry, and Greg Dulcich. Can't do it. I, I wouldn't I, do it. I wouldn't do it. How is what, that bailing what, me out? 
DJ Moore is worth like 106, 107. I think he's worth earlier than that, but I think he is. Henry's worth maybe a second, an early second. Yeah, but to me, he's worth Dulcich more than is, that. Dulcich is worth a second. Like, I don't know. I don't think that value equals 106, but I mean, I'm basically paying for a one year rental, a tight end that maybe will play, maybe will hit, and then DJ Moore. I don't know. I think I'd rather have JSN. It depletes my depth and does not help me. So yeah. I appreciate you, Max. I appreciate the offer. Actually, no, it wasn't even an offer. It was a hypothetical offer. Yeah. So I don't appreciate the offer. I appreciate the hypothetical offer. I don't think I could do it. So I guess we both like our sides better. All right. Wanted to thank Max for Max as a trade segment, even though he only had a hypothetical trade, not a real trade. But let's move into our rookie rankings, wide receiver and tight end. Let's start with wide receivers. All right, gentlemen, we're going to be going through our top 12 rookie wide receivers. We did our top 15. We ranked them one to 15 each and then averaged out all of our rankings. So this is our consensus ranking. All of us coming in with the same exact number one on our consensus board. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ohio State, now a Seattle Seahawk, six foot, 196, 45740. He is our number one consensus wide receiver, Max. Give me a little bit of insight why you think he's the best receiver in the class. Ever since he played at Ohio State and I watched him in the Rose Bowl game versus Utah, I've been infatuated with this player, human man, whatever you want to call him. Um, you see. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, when they all played together with Jackson Smith and Jigba, he outshined both of them. They both actually said he's the better wide receiver than them, which is just crazy to me. I just love his route running. I love how he can get open over the middle, how he's shifty with the ball. I mean, the landing spot's okay. He's going to have to wait a while, I feel like, before he really can produce. But, I mean, he's one of those guys where I just get flashbacks of, like, I get Chase is more of like a big body outside receiver, but they both sat out their their year right beforehand. I mean, he's fallen to 103 in every draft, basically. And I just think he's one of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen in quite some time. So I'm really all in on JSN. And even if the landing spot was like the Patriots, he'd probably still be my number one wide receiver here. It's pretty consensus that JSN is uh number one wide receiver here. There's not much to say. I mean, he, produced at a crazy level his sophomore year. I don't know. The more I've been thinking it over, he really did catch lightning in a bottle that year because, I mean, this past year didn't play much, had a nagging hamstring injury. I wish we would have gotten to see him play as a wider, like a true wide receiver one on his team. That would have been nice. We would have had more of an evaluation yeah. on him. I think um, he kind of pulled a Jamar Chase where he was like, I'm going to get drafted. Why risk getting hurt? And it ended up, probably hurting his draft stock more than anything. Probably did, and yeah. I, I see what he where he's coming from there. That one year of production was amazing. I mean, he torched, absolutely torched teams and did it with amazing, probably all pro wide receivers as teammates as well, which is pretty wild. But I don't know. For me, I do think he is the, the true number one uh, wide receiver in this rookie class, but I feel like it is – kind of concerning that it was that it was only one year of production and as well i mean he's probably gonna be the main slot wide receiver for seattle bad landing spot super crowded wide receiver room so it might take a little bit for him to actually produce at the level that he was producing let's keep moving forward in this offseason we will talk enough about jsn and the seattle seahawks let's move forward our consensus number two, Jordan Addison, USC slash Pitt, transfer from Pitt, Minnesota Vikings, 5'11", 173, 449, so basically a 4540. He comes in at my number two, Max is number two, and then Super Producers number three. Nick, you start us off here. We know you just talked, but tell me, why are you at the number three on him versus having him a little bit higher like Max and I do? This is something that I kind of had originally in pre-draft and then kind of right after the draft, I still had the same reaction. So I've kind of been sticking with it, but I've, 
I feel like the gap has narrowed a bit more for me as it goes from two to three. Uh, so I do have Quentin Johnson at number two, but I do think it's getting closer by the day and who knows, maybe a month, a month and a half from now, I, I might have Addison at two. The biggest thing for me, it's just his size, man. I mean, his size, he's a very small guy, 5'11", 173. And I get that it's a different game now in the NFL. They're kind of tailoring it more towards the fast-paced offense, high-powered offense where some of these guys can get away with it. But I don't know. I mean, he he would be an extreme lightweight outlier at the position if he does succeed. I mean, Devonta Smith did it. But I think Devonta Smith's a different – he's cut from a different cloth, honestly, than this guy. I mean, I do think Addison's a great player. He had a fantastic sophomore year at Pitt. I was talking with Max about it, and I think I even brought it up on the podcast about how I saw that he was poor versus man press coverage. I was mistaken. So I did some more research on the side. He actually had an 80% success rate versus man coverage. And then also this is yards per route run versus man coverage by year. So in 2020, his freshman year, he had three yards per route run. 2021, sophomore year, 3.9. 2022, last year, 4.4 versus man coverage. So it shows that he, he actually can get it done versus man coverage, which is what I was hesitant about at first. But Bruce in the pudding, I think he's going to actually – produce super well going up against number two cornerbacks. I love the landing spot. I love that he's going to get the number two coverage every game. And honestly, a lot of eyes will be on jet. So he might even get more than that, but I go back and forth as well. Um, I think UJ had a great landing spot. The only thing though, for me is like, he was the fourth wide receiver off the board. I get that they picked fourth. But every other team thought that Zay Flowers, Quinn Johnson, and Jackson Smith and Jigbo were all better than him. I don't know if it's size concerns or what it is. But I have him as my number two just because of the landing spot with Kirk Cousins in that offense. I think he's a good prospect. But like you said, Nick, he's not Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith won a Heisman. Sure, he won the best wide receiver in college football in a year that, honestly, there wasn't many wide receivers. So I would just take Addison at two on this list, but I'm not. Loving it. Mr. Buzzins is getting a new weapon at our number two spot in Jordan Addison. I like him a lot. I've talked about him for the last couple episodes, and I'm sure we'll keep talking about him moving forward. Number three, Quentin Johnston out of TCU to the Los Angeles Chargers, 6'3", 208, 457, 40-yard time. Max, give me a little bit of a debrief on Mr. Johnston. I mean, the thing you need to know is just the size. This guy played at TCU. They went to the national championship. He is a big body receiver, one of the only ones in this class, really. Um, honestly, if you do a pro comp or if you ask me a pro comp, I'd probably say Mike Williams, so it's funny they're on the same team. Um, he's just one of those guys. He'll go up, he'll get the ball. I think he's a great wide receiver. It's just the same thing as JSN. It's like Keenan Allen and Mike Will. Sure, they're both older, and so is Austin Eckler. And – if the cards break right and this guy's Justin Herbert's number one going forward, we're going to look like fools taking JSN and Addison over him because that's the best quarterback out of everybody in this thing. 100%. Um, so the size is there. The land, the draft capital is there. He's the second wide receiver off the board. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy and if he can get on the field with Keenan Allen, Mike Will, and Joshua Palmer there. Yeah. I look at bigger receivers, like physically larger receivers, 6'3, 208. It's a big dude. Very, very, very big dude. Don't get me wrong, but those big dudes, they're sometimes hard to stay on the field. Looking at Quentin Johnston's 2022 in the Big 12, he had 14 games, 60 receptions, 1,069 yards. He caught six touchdowns. When I look at this production, I'm really not blown away by it. I feel like there are other receivers in the draft that blow me away at other aspects. But what I'm going to do here, and the reason I put him at three is because I do trust the scouts. I trust the scouts and I trust NFL GMs enough. Even though his stats didn't truly blow me away, I feel like I'm going to trust them to a certain degree. He's got a great landing spot. My only problem is that he is 
again, the wide receiver three in this offense for now, that can absolutely change not only by the end of the year, but maybe by the mid part of the year, if one of these older heads go down. His biggest thing, like you would think, oh, he's a big body guy. He's just going to go and catch all the 50-50 balls. That's not really the key point of his game. His key point to his game is like yards after the catch. He moves tremendously well for his size. One example of this is so shuttle times, right? That's like quick cutting movement, all of that stuff. Garrett Wilson at 184 pounds ran 436. Quentin Johnson at 212 pounds ran 428. So he ran a faster shuttle time than Garrett Wilson. And then this past season as well, he was fourth in yards after contact per attempt. And then also was third in broken tackle rate. And that was among power five wide receivers with 40 plus receptions. And I got to credit this dude at Debbie Yusuf. He posts a ton of stats and stuff on Twitter, but yeah, man, I, I think he just has great yak ability for his size. And I think his upside with Herbert is, is really huge. All right, let's keep going. Next up, Zay Flowers is our consensus wide receiver number four. We're all over the board on this one. So, Super Producer, I want you to start. You're the highest. You have him at four. Max has him at five. I have him at six. Give us your insight on why five foot nine, 182 pound, four four two, Zay Flowers is the number four pick. Zay Flowers was great, man. He was great at Boston College. You know, it sucks that he stayed four years, but dude, I mean, the dude had a 46.7% dominator rating, which is pretty nuts. And then Honestly, this Baltimore spot is not that bad of a landing spot. I've started to to like it. I think he has a good opportunity to really take over the wide receiver room and could easily be the wide receiver one there if I mean cuz Bateman really hasn't showed that he could stay healthy as well as Odell. So I don't know, man. I think Zay's pretty electric. He has really good tape as well. He's very elusive and he's built for as small as he is. I mean that that is a big concern with a lot of these guys in this class, but I'm willing to slot Flowers in here at four. I love Zay Flowers coming out of this, like, before the draft. I loved his speed, his elusiveness, his quickness, whatever you want to say. The landing spot, though, I hate. I mean, that's why he's number five for me. You'll see my number four here coming up. But to me, it's just like, with I do believe in Bateman. I do believe in Odell still. Lamar's legs are there. J.K. Dobbins is on a contract year. And then there's also Mark Andrews. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Sure, he's going to have his feet. He's going to have his big play deep balls. I just don't see it this year. I really don't. And you have to spend probably 106, 107 on him. And I'd rather have guys like Kendra Miller or my number four wide receiver, who we'll talk about in a minute here, over Zay Flowers. Yeah, when I look at Zay Flowers, I think there's a lot of risk here. We look, we've talked about it last couple of weeks. You look at that wide receiver room. It's filled with a bunch of hodgepodge guys. Obviously, Zay Flowers can make a name for himself this year, and he can be that elite number one guy for Lamar. But we are, we already know it's going to be Mark Andrews, Lamar running, and then the backfield running. Those are the three options that are going to be over Zay Flowers no matter what, and then whatever receiver wants to step up that week. So I think that there's a big gap here. That's why I have him at six. I like other players at four and five a little bit more. I did have one thing. As far as this Ravens offense goes this next season, they do have a new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken. Uh, So he was the offensive coordinator for Georgia this past season. And Georgia averaged like 500 yards per game and like 40 points a game. I get it's college and they have better players than some of the teams, but at the end of the day, I think they're really going to start to air it out, and it's probably not going to be the same kind of offense as it was this past year. But I think what's going to happen is Munkin is going to do what's best for the team. He's going to realize that Lamar is not a proficient passer. I won't say he's a bad passer. I won't say he's a good passer. I don't think he's not the proficient passer. He's not bad, right? He's not great. He's he's not proficient, right? He's not going to be able to sustain even like Tua. Like you look, you look at that offense down in Miami that happened this past year. I wouldn't say Tua is a proficient passer, right? I'd say he's a good, he's an average passer in the league, but he was able to sustain two top 12 options at wide receiver, right? That's not happening here, right? So 
we look at the ceiling that a non-proficient passer can create like Tua, where he was able to get two guys in the top 12, that's not happening because they don't have a dedication to running the ball. They're not going to run little screens. They're not going to run little slants in Baltimore. It's not how it's going to be done. Uh, and I don't think Munkin's going to come in and try to do that. But we will see. Eventually, we will see who is right about this. Let's keep moving forward. Number five, Max, your boy, Jonathan Mingo. I believe he got drafted 39th overall out of Old Miss to the Carolina Panthers. 6'1", 226, 446. I have him at five. Max has him at four. Super producer at seven. Max, you started off. Maybe I'm biased, man. I just the size, the draft capital, and the landing spot are what get me here. That is why he's my number four wide receiver. You went to Carolina. There's Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. That is disgusting. Bryce Young no one there. was the number one pick. I think that if Bryce Young can develop chemistry with Mingo in practice, this guy really could become a stud. I mean, I also love that he went to Old Miss. He just reminds me of AJ Brown. He really does. I don't, it's like his size, it's everything about him. But for me, it's just more so he's the only guy there. And I really do believe in the talent of Jonathan Mingo. I get he didn't do much in college, and Nick C will probably touch on that. He rose up draft boards, though. He did. And I never expected him to go 39th overall. I never did. I thought he'd be in the 50s or 60s. So the fact that he went that early to me says a lot. Frank Reich. He knows how to pick wide receivers. Michael Pittman. A lot of production out of Michael Pittman. Even in Philadelphia, a lot of production out of those receivers. What I'm saying is you just never know, right? Never do. You you don't know. And while I, I was making a joke that uh, he really has never hit the uh, nail, the proverbial nail on the head with his wide receiver talent selection, who knows? Maybe Reich will finally have an elite, elite, elite level wide receiver. And for any of those old heads that are talking about Alshon Jeffrey, he was good. He was good. He was not elite. And again, we're in rookie drafts here. We're in the top six picks of rookie drafts, right? We're looking for elite. We're not looking for good. Like if you're a top six overall pick in a rookie draft, that's what your ceiling should be is elite. No, because I think you could get Mingo at like eight or nine. I really do. I don't think so. Because if you look at this class, nobody's going to draft tight end that early, especially with the murkiness around the situation with the number one tight end. And then it'll be two running backs. I don't think a third back goes. I think a lot of people can draft Kincaid. I think Kendra Miller could find his way up there. I think Zay Flowers could find his way up there. Um, The guy from Kansas City, which we'll talk about later. Rasheed Rice. I don't know, man. Like if he hits and he's the guy and he's Bryce Young's guy and they build this chemistry together and they're the next dynamic duo, I just couldn't pass on that. And it's like I'd rather – it sucks because 106 was supposed to be like Charbonnet or someone good. But it's Jonathan Mingo and I love it. I really don't think his ADP is that high. I mean I, I've been in a few rookie drafts so far. And I mean this guy makes it to mid to late second round. Even – I mean okay in super flex – Two, two of them were super flex, so I guess you could maybe say that he goes early second, but, dude, I've seen him go probably – it would probably even be in the third round in a one-quarterback league, the way the board falls in a super flex draft. So I really don't see – I mean, I, I haven't seen anybody take him really in the first round. I mean, if they are, it's going to be late first round, but that's just from what I've seen. Yeah, I just did a mock here on Sleeper. He just went 112. I like it if you can get him in the late round. I don't think you have to take him as early as 106. I really am high on this guy just because of the landing spot, draft capital, and size, like I said. But if you can get him at 112. He's just going to keep rising up draft boards as the summer goes on. People are going to realize he's the only dog in town. Perks of drafting early. All right, let's keep moving forward. Uh, Marvin Mims, I believe this is the first overall selection in the Sean Payton era. Denver Broncos, uh, 5'11", 183 out of Oklahoma, ran a blazing, blazing 40 at 438. Uh, I have him at seven. Max has him at seven. And then Super Producer at five. He comes in as our six overall. Super Producer, 
why do you have him so high? Yeah, so he actually was a late second round pick. For me, I think this is a good landing spot. I don't know. I was kind of a hater last year on the Denver offense just because they stunk so badly and Russell Wilson stunk. So hopefully there's a year two kind of that was the adjustment period. They can get it going with Sean Payton. But I think the biggest thing for me is, yeah, okay, he ran the 4-3-8-40, but they traded up to draft him as well as he has a freshman year breakout and Sutton has a potential out after this next season. Judy is also going to be an unrestricted free agent uh, after the 24-25 season. So the long-term options there, Mims could slot in as a wide receiver too if Sutton gets out of there. I mean, he hasn't really produced uh, this past year, even really in his whole career. So they might just be willing to cut ties with him, slot Mims in there. I mean, Mims could get run even just in the slot. I do think Sean Payton's a good coach. I think he's going to scheme his good players open. And if he thinks Sutton isn't doing it or – I mean, I think Judy is really good. He'll obviously be on the field. But there's really a path where Mims could maybe supplant Sutton in the long term here. Sutton, I just looked at his contract. It's not over till 2026. He has a potential out after this season in 2024. So, I mean, like you said, Sutton's had like one and a half good years, one good year, and he kind of just lives off that of the narrative of, oh, Russell Wilson, the Denver, he's got the size, stuff like that. Um, I've really, I used to be really big on Cortland Sutton, really cool on that. So I like just the potential of Russ bouncing back, which I really do think happens. And then also just that Sean Payton offense where they didn't have many picks. I mean, we've got to forget that they traded a decent amount of picks to get Russell Wilson and, Pretty sure he was their first pick that they made. So I like it. I like it too. Uh, I look at this offense. I'm not completely sold on Jerry Judy. I know you guys are. Cortland Sutton gets a little bit older. Wide receiver three spot is definitely open. And to be hand-plucked as the number one overall selection for this team in this current year, sign me up. He's a burner. We always saw what happened with Tyler Lockett, right? I think it was a funny advertisement. Uh, where quarterbacks talked about their strengths and Zach Wilson talked about his decision-making and I was just dying laughing. Uh, but Russell Wilson's in that, as he said, the moon ball. He wants to throw the moon ball some more. So I think this guy is going to be that absolute burner. Jerry Judy's going to run those uh, more inside routes and then Cortland Sutton can be a little bit more over the top. But I think uh, Marvin Mims going to be the new Tyler Lockett there in Denver. All right. Let's keep moving forward. The back half of this top 12, we're going to speed through Josh Downs, UNC, Indianapolis Colts, 5'9", 171. Uh, I am very low on him. I have him at 10. Two of you guys have him at 6. Gentlemen, what's really the upside to this guy in this offense? This offense that's not going to be passing the ball. This guy who's not a first-round pick, and he's completely undersized. I just have been seeing – I really put him here just because of like what I've seen on Twitter – um, I've just seen his connection with Anthony Richardson, and I think everyone's really hyping it up on Twitter. I know A. Rich really likes him. Pittman's a free agent after this year. If Josh Downs hits, Pittman leaves, then it leaves Pierce and Downs. They drafted this guy in the second round for a reason with Anthony Richardson. I really feel like he probably had a say in it as well. So I'm just high on it because of his one. His footwork's actually insane. There's a video posted, but. I just saw it a lot on Twitter, so I'm putting him here. Yeah, for me, I there's a, a lot to like about Josh Downs' profile. I mean, his sophomore season, he broke out. He had 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. He also did have arguably the best quarterback <laughs> in college football, Drake May. I mean, I don't know if he's our, the best. I think Caleb Williams is, but it does help to have Drake May there. But I don't know, man, 34% target share in college. He had an elite burst score. And I, this is another sticking point with me that I saw. He leads this wide receiver class in contested catch win percentage. He had a 75% contested catch win percentage, which is yeah. crazy. I mean, that's we'll crazy see. to me. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to be a for sure hit. I think there's definitely questions about his size, but he'll be the immediate starting slot wide receiver there. And Hopefully it's easier for Richardson to throw accurate balls, maybe 10 yards down the field as opposed yeah. to 35. 
I was going to say, maybe it's different having Drake May throw you the ball versus Anthony Richardson, but we will see. Uh, moving forward at number eight, Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee, New York Giants, six foot, 176, 4440. I have him at my wide receiver number four. You heard that right. Super producer, wide receiver 12, max, wide receiver eight, by far and away our biggest disparity. And I will start off. I understand why I have him here. I see a lot of Jalen Hurts in him. Jalen Hurts? Yes. He plays quarterback. He does play quarterback. May I explain? His attitude? I think the way that they both approach football. I looked at Jalen Hyatt, completely productive player at Tennessee. Some people will say he's only got one route in his skill tree. I look at people that said Jalen Hurts couldn't throw. Right? Some people will still say Jalen Hurts can't throw, which is preposterous to me. But I look at a guy like Jalen Hyde. I've seen a lot of interviews from him. I've listened to uh, not only him talk about his game, I've listened to his coaches talk about his game. He's in rel- relentless pursuit of excellence. Vince Lombardi, one of the greatest quotes of all time, is we're going to shoot for perfection. We're never going to get there, but on the road, we will achieve excellence, right? I look at Jalen Hyatt, 4440, 176, New York Giants. There is literally no one there. There's no one there. Daniel Jones, not the best at throwing the deep ball, but maybe with an absolute burner, he can just sling it down the field. I love Jalen Hyatt this year. I think he has a great outlook. I don't know how he's going to fare next year if they draft a receiver, when more likely when they draft a receiver in the first round, the Giants. It's just such a big need, but I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love Jalen Hyatt this year. I'd be comfortable taking him back half of the first, even though he'll, he'll probably go on the second in your drafts. I don't know, man. This guy fell to the third round. Everyone was talking about him. I heard first round rumblings. He has one route, the go route. Um, Daniel Jones, I'm really not even sold on. I really think that was the defense in Saquon last year that got him there. And just his leg, like rushing ability, his passing. I get he had nobody. But he had we, no one. We he was also- trying to Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, well, that's the point, Peter. We also forget Waller will be in town. Saquon will be there. Daniel Jones will also rush the ball. This guy's got like one route. Sure, is Jalen Hyatt going to have two games this year when he catches a 70-yard touch? Probably. Let's hope you pick these two games right. I'd pick him at my best ball lineup in the last pick or something like that just for the upside, but I just can't trust this guy. So does he go undrafted in, your, in our rookie draft then? Where does he go in our rookie draft? No, I mean, I'd take him at like 210. 210? Yeah, honestly, Pete. We that is prepo- That makes me want to throw up. Super producer. I mean, I can't come to your defense here either. I wish I could, Pete. But this guy has one year of production. The other two years in college, he had 276 yards, 226 yards. And then he blew up for 1,267 yards and 15 tugs. I mean... He had that monster game against Alabama. That was a third of his touchdown production on the season. And I don't know, man. I just can't get past the fact that this guy's route tree is so limited. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just wasn't seeing the right thing, but I I just really can't get behind this guy. I mean, I would take a ton of players over him. I'm not saying he's not a project. But I'm saying if I look at this draft class and we do a mix of landing spot and potential – he is right up there at that tier break for me. I do see what you're saying, though, about the landing spot, Pete. I do agree with that part of it. I just don't like the prospect. That's kind of my only sticking point. Sorry, Max. Mr. Soller. Yeah, just did a mock on Sleeper, just kind of send one. He went at 211. That's um, That makes me want to throw up. It makes me so sad. I just think it's pretty fair. I'd rather have all the quarterbacks over him. I'd rather have... Marvin Mims. I'd rather have all the quarterbacks over him in a single quarterback league. Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, 100%, yes. That's two of them. That's not all of them. DJ Stroud, I think, could go either way. But I'd rather have Marvin Mims, Rasheed Rice, Jalen Reed, both the tight ends. Honestly, probably Sam Laporta as well. Tank Bigsby. I mean, there's a. I think 210's fair. I, I think you could get him, and I'd be fine in third with him. All right, let's keep moving forward. Jaden Reed, Michigan State, Green Bay Packers, 5'11", 191-445. We talked about him a lot last episode, uh, but quick talking point, Mr. C. 
super producer, Nick C, on Jaden Reed. He has a chance to step in as a slot wide receiver there in Green Bay. Instant opportunity for him. He could even go as far as being the wide receiver two there. I don't think he'll supplant Watson. Watson's just – he's a very good football player. So I think Reed could slot in there. Depends on how good Jordan Love is. But Reed could be a, a steal in this draft. It, I just – I don't believe in Romeo Dubs there, and I don't think they really have many other wide receiving options. And I think Reed can step in and, and make some noise right away. Yeah, that's about all I have, too, as well. Selected him 50 overall. Um, your boy Jalen Hyatt was still on the board. He went about 25 picks later. So I get Jordan Love's there, but no other options. I'll take the guy. Moving forward, Rasheed Rice at the 10 spot. Southern Methodist, SMU, Kansas City Chiefs, six foot, 200 pounds, four, five, 140. Are we having the sky more effect on this pick. I have him as my wide receiver 12 super producer has him at nine and then max has him at 10. No, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, if we're in a class that doesn't have many wide receivers, if we're putting him at nine, 10, I mean, I think it's pretty fair. Sure. I think he can hit anyone can hit with Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, this guy, you're looking at like a 206, 204 type guy. And in that second round, you're going to be trying to take flyers anyway. The amount of second rounders that pan out is slim to none. For me, the only reason I have him this high is landing spot. That's really it. If he went to like the Bucks, he probably. would probably be like yeah. not even on our list. Probably third rounder undrafted. So I think that has everything to say about it. All right, moving forward, Keishon Butte, one of the highest. Rated prospects out of high school. Had a great, I believe, freshman campaign. Uh, he's drafted the New England Patriots 5'11", 4'5", I have him as the wide receiver 11, super producer at wide receiver 10, max all the way down at 14. Is that the McCorkle-Jones effect? 100%. A lot to do with Mac Jones. But there's just part of me that's like, it's Bill Belichick, bro. The guy shouldn't have fallen all the way to where he did. Bill Belichick yops him up. And this guy's one of the stars of the league. What was that? He yops him up? Yops him up, bro. What does that mean? Grabs him, snatches him, whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah, like violently? He's like, oh, bing, you're mine, Mr. Kite. And I don't know. I I could just see the the alternate universe where this guy's really good. But for me right now, he ran a terrible 40. His his stock dropped terribly after the combine. Um, And he's got McCord Jones. So McCorkle. Super producer. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Max. The combine really sunk this dude's ship. I wanted him to go out and just ball out just to make this receiver class better, but he didn't. He kind of had a subpar season this past year. But I think for me, at this point in the wide receiver rankings, you're kind of picking at straws for different guys. And Boutte was, like you said, Pete, super highly ranked prospect out of high school. Even in college, his freshman year had the breakout. I think he had an ankle injury somewhere in his sophomore year uh, into his junior year, which didn't really help his production out. But, dude, he he did produce some big games in the SEC versus some quality opponents. And as an as an 18-year-old, as a 19-year-old, was, was kind of putting these dudes on notice. He didn't really do it this past season, obviously, six-round pick. Uh, super low hit rate. I think, Max, you said that. But, hey, man, I'll take the shot on him and just try to bank on that uh, potential that we saw early on in his college career. All right. Last but not least, C.J. Stroud's best friend, Tank Dell, out of Houston, stays in Houston, goes to the Houston Texans, five foot eight, 165, 449, 40. Really does not do anything for me. I have him as the wide receiver, 13. Super producer and Max both have him at 11. What does he do for you that I don't see? I see a completely undersized, completely underweight, and not particularly fast wide receiver. I think Nixie and I might have the same answer. If a quarterback, his first response is, hey, I want you to draft Tank Dell. And they invested a lot in C.J. Stroud. Um, They gave up their first next year to get Will Anderson. There's no one really in town. I get John Mechie's coming back there. I get Nico Collins. There's just no one in town there. And if C.J. Stroud likes them and is making the request, I think they'll build that chemistry. No, I just like it because C.J. Stroud honestly requested him. Um, his speed's really good. 
But other than that, I mean, his measurables aren't the best. So this guy played in the American Conference. They played Cincinnati, and he would cook Cincinnati. I just remember watching these Houston-Cincinnati games. Other than that, like, this dude's an elite route runner. If you look at any tape when he was at the Senior Bowl, he was absolutely routing up these DBs that were there, as well as he had a 30% college target share and dominated his last two years at Houston uh, in the 2022 season. So this is his overall college football rank. So 109 receptions, second in college football, 1,398 receiving yards, first in college football, 17 touchdowns, first in college football. The dude's small. I get that, but no one in Houston. Uh, I'll just ride with it. If it's a third round pick, I can just cut them if I need to. Fair. Uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions for wide receivers. A.T. Perry, Sweet Prince. You deserve better than this. I can't believe Super Producer and Max uh, gatekeeped you out of my top 12 here. Uh, Andre Iasovas. I like him. Okay. He's with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who's the wide receiver four or five there. Uh, and then Cedric Tillman on the Cleveland Browns. I could even see him getting cut. I just don't see him making the opening day roster. They have a lot of wide receivers there. Uh, let's move on to our rookie tight ends. All right, we have four tight ends up here. Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta, and uh, Darnell Washington. Gentlemen, in that order, we have picked them out. So our wider, our tight end one is Kincaid, two is Mayer, three is Laporta, and four is Darnell. Give me your prognosis on Kincaid this upcoming season with Knox. So that they want to use Kincaid more is like, a wide receiver almost. I think that a lot of people are going to jump up the board on Kincaid just because of where he went with Buffalo. Knox still does have a couple years left on that deal as well, which scares me. It also scares me how long tight ends take to develop. So for that, like I'm kind of out on Kincaid unless I can get him in like the second, which I won't be able to. Um, But he's just not going to put up the numbers given the first round draft capital you're going to have to use on him. Yeah, I totally agree. I would have a tough time taking him in the first round. I feel like the only way I could see myself doing that is if it was maybe 1.5, two-point tight end premium. I feel like then then you, you could maybe justify it. I do think it's kind of a harsh landing spot with Knox already there, but if he does get that slot role, he could have some, some early value, but I think I, I just struggle to see it. Okay, let's keep moving forward. Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, Las Vegas Raiders, 6'5", 249, 4.7, 40-yard time. It's a big boy. Uh, apparently, he's going to use more as a blocking tight end more in that scheme, that Patriots-esque scheme that they're running there in Las Vegas. Jimmy G gets a new best friend, a new, uh, a new tight end to throw to. Likelihood this guy can turn into the Gronk-Kittle equivalent to the Patriots' Niners, that kind of like overlap that they got going on in Vegas. I mean, he's got that build for sure. I just feel like he was supposed to go in the first. He went in the second. He went to Vegas, which is a good landing spot, which makes him my second tight end. I mean, this tight end class was supposed to be really good. There's a lot of tight ends that went, though. I know we were watching the draft and we said that, but yep. I just think he'll block more, so I'm kind of out on him. Yeah, I would say that there's a 0% chance that he becomes the Gronk-Kittle kind of role yeah. for them. I feel put like that, if anything... Put that, put that... No, I'm kidding. No, I'll clip it because I think at the end of the day, this dude's a terrible athlete. He tested super poorly, but that's not really how he won his routes at Notre Dame. He was more of a physical receiver, and he's not going to break away a 65-yard touchdown like Kittle will or Gronk will, and that's not what they're asking him to be. I mean, the dude would be a first-round pick if he was, but I could see him just getting some cheap red zone tugs. I mean, little Jimmy Graham, just throw it on the back shoulder fade. But other than that, I mean, maybe a possession receiver. I don't know. Jason Witten type guy to me. Okay. Number three, Sam Laporta. Shout out to the Italians out there. Sam Laporta out of Iowa, Detroit Lions. He's probably going to not be a day one starter, I don't think. I think he might be a developmental tight end that they picked. He's 6'3", 245. Had great tape out of college from everything that I remember. 
I think he's going to be one of those stash guys, kind of like Greg Dulcich last year, how he was just like one of those stash guys grabbing the late second, early third, put him on your taxi and pray for the best. I think he's going to have a decent season this year and have more hype next year surrounding him. Yeah, I can see those it. Iowa tight ends. Those Iowa tight ends. He's in Detroit. They love to throw the ball. Jared Goff. I mean, he had a decent relationship with Hawkinson there. Um, and especially if he can make starting roster, like he starts weeks one through six with JMO out, guy could get some work for sure. All right. And rounding out the top four, Darnell Washington, Georgia. Pittsburgh Steelers, six foot seven, two sixty-four, four six four time. The guy's a freak of nature. He slipped, and now he's going to be in a timeshare at tight end. Fryermuth, who is a, I'd say, decent catcher of the football. So he's going to have to compete there. Yeah, I feel like if he got a better landing spot, he'd probably be the tight end too, even if he didn't get the draft capital, which he did not. Uh, gentlemen, especially Max, I know this was your boy. Give me a little, give me a little update on your boy. Still my boy. Honestly, don't hate the landing spot. Um, when you get a chance, look at Fryermuth. Search Fryermuth concussions. The guy gets one like every other week. Um, I it was to the point where I had him in dynasty. I had to ship him because if he gets another one or two, man, they're gonna recommend he retires. And to get Darnell Washington, you can get this guy in like three hundred eight, three hundred seven. You can maybe get him undrafted. I got him undrafted in a league that had four rounds. Um, so yes, there was defensive players there, but just the size of speed and what he did at the combine sign me up. I feel like my only red flag is that he's just such a good blocker. He's such a physical blocker where I, if Friar meets healthy, I really struggled to see a role for Darnell here. Um, other than blocking. I mean, yeah, I think he put in his bio on Instagram or Twitter, sixth offensive lineman. <laughs> So that, if that shows you anything. He's ready to move the rock. Maybe he'll get uh, snuck out, but I do think he rounds out our top four here. Any final parting words, Max? I know you said you might have a trade. I don't have a trade. Um, you kidding. lied to the people. Yeah. I mean, if you made it this far. Thanks. Well, of course, thank you. But if you made it this far and you won a consolation prize, it could be a team breakdown where I could see your team going and trades I'd make if you want, if you want to send it to our Twitter. Send it to our Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. If you've made it to this point, send us your sleeper teams, ESPN, Yahoo, however you play Dynasty Fantasy Football. Send us your teams so we can give you a breakdown analysis personalized from the three of us. Before we send you on your merry way, again, did want to say thank you for making it to the end and wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy, Underdog Best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Use code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Again, MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Give us a like on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, wanted to thank you so much for making it to the end. We will see you next week for quarterback and running back rookie rankings. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>